Welcome to the Rise Network podcast show, a podcast dedicated to help you reach your dream lifestyle through investing in real estate. We're going to be sitting down with new, intermediate, and experienced investors to talk all about real estate and how it has changed their lives. If you're looking to scale your portfolio or even just get into real estate investing, you're in the right place. Make sure to tune in. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Rise Real Estate Investing Podcast with your host, Austin Ye and Mayu. What's going on, everyone? This is the first podcast we are filming where we're actually sitting in a room together. Today was our full day strategy session on our plans for 2021. And we thought it's a good time to film a podcast now that we just got out of this meeting. Yeah, we're recording this in the second last week of December. Um, and we really just, you know, we, we started off the day with, you know, looking at what we've done this year, what we wish. Uh, we could change about, you know, how the year has gone, where we are at in like various aspects of our businesses um, and just really goal setting, right? Like, so it's setting like kind of specific and those measurable targets that, you know, everyone always hears about the SMART goals and stuff like that. Um, so we just focus on, you know, setting a timeline, setting actual measurable goals that we can hold ourselves accountable to and then building out an action plan against those goals. Um, you know, really just like, you know, what's going to help us meet our goals, right? So I guess, Austin, let's talk about your year in review. Like, what would you say are some of like the three highlights for you, for you, for yourself from the year? I mean, this year has been pretty crazy to think about. I've only been investing for less than two and a half years now. I want to say it's been 28, 29 months. And the bulk of the growth has happened in the year 2020, which is weird because it's been a freaky year for everyone with the, the pandemic happening. Um, so many different job losses, a lot of people going through tough times and this was something that we would have never thought in a million years would happen, but I'm happy that I got through this year stronger and better. So one of the big things that I learned about this year is, is that um, to scale with intention and to scale with, uh, and to, and to scale smartly. So my, I think we're both guilty of this is that times we want to always acquire because in real estate, a big selling point of it that we see on the media, the real estate media, like Instagram, YouTube, is when we see someone scale from one to like a hundred doors in three years, yeah. and everyone kind of wants to follow the same footsteps, and that's glorified, right? But along the process is when you scale, you leave blind spots in your business. Everyone, I don't care how experienced you are, will have blind spots in the business, and it's a matter of patching it up as you progress, and it's easy to patch it up as you go through a sustainable pace. So that was one of the biggest takeaways that I had during this year is, is that I scaled too quickly and too aggressively. And I thought I was going to lose it all during the pandemic. And I guess a common saying that a lot of people say is that, you know, it's almost easier to 10 X your business than it is to say two to three X your business, right? So when you're 10 Xing, you're forced to make, you know, very quick decisions, a lot of hiring decisions, cause you can't handle the capacity. But I think that the pace at which, you know, that we've been doing things is kind of two to three Xing slowly so that we don't have these gaping holes. We're pretty cheap at the same time. So we don't really want to hire a lot of people. We try to keep a lot of costs internal. Uh, so that's something that we're going to, we'll, we'll touch on that later. But um, I guess, you know, like one of my big things this year was definitely the pandemic, right? Um, it was what we would call like, a, uh, like everyone would call a black swan event in the market, right? So that really gave us the Bill Gates wouldn't call that shit a black swan event. No. My guy predicted it in 2015. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, but like when it, when it started, everyone was like, oh, what the heck's going to happen? We yeah. all say, like, to be honest, like we were the exact same way, right? So uh, we kind of doubled down on, you know, these are the kind of properties that we're going to accept and we're not going to take anything except for this, right? Um, but we didn't let it stop us from a growth and from an acquisitions perspective. Uh, so that, you know, 
really just having confidence in the numbers, I think is what I learned the most from this year. Like if I was to pinpoint any one thing, it's just, you know, buy properties that meet your criteria and then don't look back. Like you bought it, deal with it, get the project done with, and then just leave it there, right? Especially if you're not, you know, in a, in a position where you have to sell, you can uh, just kind of go with the market, right? So I guess my top thing this year, the biggest lesson was just, you know, stick to buying with your criteria and just keep buying. No, I absolutely agree with you. On on the flip side of things, there were definitely a lot of accomplishments. I think it goes without saying one of the biggest milestones of 2020 is is um, the Toronto Life article on my end. Right? <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about it. <laughs> oh, no, I, yeah, definitely. That was like a pivotal point in, in real estate. Like I've always been growing my brand slowly and steady. Before the Toronto Life article came out, I had probably around 2.8K followers. But since then, and it's only come out like two and a half months ago, maybe three months ago, where I, I'm sitting at like 4.1K followers plus now. And I attribute a lot of that to that article. Now, for those of you guys who know me, you probably heard that uh, my opinion on the article was is that, uh, yeah, I got the story across, but a lot of key crucial pieces of information were missing, such as JV partners played a huge part of me scaling my portfolio. I don't think the article touched on it that much, but really like, you know, any publicity is, is good publicity. When that article came out, I would say 80% of the comments were negative. Uh, but what I found is, and I, I already knew this was going to happen. Me and my, we, we chatted about this. This is that what's going to end up happening is a week from now, the 80% of people who hate on it's going to find something else to hate on because they're fickle people. But the 20% of the people who are inspired by it and, and want to start following the journey and want to take control of their life, they are the 20% that's going to stick around and make a difference to their lives, right? So I already knew that, and my prediction came true. All of the hate disappeared. Whoever was engaged and enjoyed the article stayed around, and I'm happy to announce even some of them have purchased the first property from that article, and and that obviously helped our podcast podcast blow up. But in 2021, I I really want to double down on the branding side because really real estate is a marketing business first. Matt P. Shea says it all the time, right? He's another real estate investor. So, 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 okay. So I'll talk about that as well, actually, because that for me was a big mindset, mindset change this year. I was that guy that literally posted once every six months, maybe if you're lucky on social media. And I didn't really see a point to it. I was kind of like, man, what, like whatever about social media. And a lot of it was like kind of like an insecurity, right? It was like, oh, like, I don't really want to post. I don't want people knowing what I'm doing. You don't want your employers to know. Yeah, that was a big part of it too. But even on like the personal side, I was like, you know what? Like why publicize to the world what I'm doing? Like why? Why? What is the significance of social media? And I was that guy. Okay. So um, I guess a little bit of a throwback story here. And then um, so last year I met Austin and Austin was like, man, like if you want to like. Was it last year? Yeah. Yeah. It was was, was last year. year. And Austin was like, man, if you want to scale on real estate, like people need to know what you're doing. And I was like, okay, like why do they need to know what I'm doing? Because me and Austin, we came from two very different um, like backgrounds, meaning like I had a fair bit of capital and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use my own capital. I'm just going to grow this. Right. And Austin's like, no, man, like you're going to hit a wall. Like eventually you need people like to know what you're doing so that you can raise capital and like do other things like that. So I was like, all right, cool. Whatever. Austin pushed me actually to start um, writing up my articles, like just writing content. Right. So he's like, you know what? Like it's, it's considered a more like, it's a very like behind the screens method of like getting out there on social media. So write these articles. So I started writing these articles, posted them on my Instagram a shit ton of people just started talking to me just from those articles. Like I wasn't even like saying like, I own this property, that property, I'm doing this job, that whatever, nothing. It was just like articles. Right. And then I was kind of like intrigued by it. Right. Cause like for everyone that struggles to raise capital from like JV partners, private lenders, whatever, if no one knows what you're doing, then like, it's just impossible to raise that capital. Right. It's a one to many discussion. Like Austin and his Toronto life article, 
that was a one to like yeah. 10,000 people conversation that also was able to have that most people couldn't have. Right. Um, so yeah, so this year, social media has definitely been eye opener. Like I think just posting it, the amount of people that a invest in real estate that you had no idea invested in real estate, uh, the amount of people with capital sitting around, that yeah. you just never would have guessed it. Um, and then like, the, you know, just like the amount of deals that can come to you through social media, like there was a, like, so today as we're doing a strategy session, there was a seller, uh, reached out to me and she had actually found my website. I never had it. My website was a piece of trash. Like it's down right now for maintenance as it should be because the seller found it in the summer. And then she was like, Hey, like I said, I just saw your website. And like, you know, I'm intrigued by what you do. And I'm like, shit, shit. And I quickly took down the website because <laughs> it was so incomplete. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. So this year's social media, I think for both of us has definitely been uh, quite the year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny, man. Like, I guess, you know, there's way too many than three accomplishments. I just don't think I can answer this with three because there's so many little things that have made a huge pivotal change in my real estate journey. One of them growing too fast. My, you mentioned COVID. I definitely agree to all of the sentiments and things you said earlier. COVID was a huge eye opener because we are fairly newer investors, right? We're, we're among the new school and we've never sat through a, a market downturn. The closest thing we've gotten to a market downturn where those two or the three weeks and we found that we overextended ourselves and me and Mayu always like to say that we are not appreciation oriented investor but it is quite easy to get caught up in the hype of buying things close to market value it's like we'll we'll make it work right but I don't think we take that approach anymore with our investing philosophies um, another big thing I guess that happened it'll happen next year technically okay I'll, I'll just say it anyways is that um i ended up quitting my job i ended up giving my resignation a week ago um and honestly this was much sooner than i thought it'd be we're gonna really have an entire podcast episode dedicated to that and, and my decision making process and everything that goes along with it but that was a huge milestone man and i thank god to real estate that that allowed me the freedom to, to do that yeah when we first started talking um maybe a year, year and a half ago or something, we'd talk about like these hypothetical situations of when we both would quit our jobs. And it'd be like, oh, like two, three years, like no big deal. Like, we can take our time. Like I'm in no rush. I want to have this, this, and this set up, this amount of dollars in cash flow, this amount of properties, like whatever. And then every conversation that we had about this topic, the timeline just kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter, right? So like, I mean, super high level, like why would you leave your job? Like, why did you? Opportunity cost, right? Opportunity cost. You know what? Yeah, so let's leave it at opportunity cost. I can get into it about the politics and, and, and the unhappiness in the job. But at the end of the day, I was making more money in real estate than I ever would in my full-time job staying there. So it just yeah. made sense for me to make that transition over. Uh, but yeah, I, that that was probably, that what a, what a hell of a way to end off the year because that was literally in December. <laughs> uh, my last day is on, Feb- yeah, it's a banger, dude. My, my last day is on February 26th. So that should be exciting. Another reason I forgot to mention of me quitting my jobs is that I have very ambitious goals next year. And I know that if I was to stay in my full-time job, I would not be able to meet my, my, my goals. Yeah. So let's, let's get into that. Right. Like, so today we had a strategy session where, like I said, in the beginning of the podcast, you know, we just talked about like what we've done so far um, and what kind of goals we want to set for both of ourselves for next year. Um, so like, why don't you tell everyone what our goals are really? Yeah, a big one. So we can break it down into three sections. Me and Mayu share two of the same goals. And the third one is Mayu's going to be Mayu flipping. And the third one for myself is going to be myself wholesaling. Um, from the Rise Network point of view, our big goal there is just adding, to simplify it, just add as much value to the community as possible because everything we would have achieved 
um, not everything, um, I'm over exaggerating, but a lot of what we achieved is because of leveraging communities such as Rise and getting value from other investors. And we're in the position, fortunately, to give back value as much as possible. Um, so holding more amazing events, hiring ambassadors, we're not going to go into too much detail about that, but basically people to keep the community more engaged throughout 2021, continue to grow the amount of membership there. Um, and hopefully when COVID opens up, have casual, casual events where we're just drinking, bar, uh, drinking beers, hanging out, just getting to network with other investors again. But we want to really double down on adding value to our, and this is not customers, to the community. Yep. Yep. Like me and Austin, we got, uh, we essentially learned everything we could. Um, getting before getting started for free from various other platforms, right? So uh, we want to bring in other experienced ambassadors to act as ambassadors to provide value as well on top of myself and Austin because right now myself and Austin are, are getting stretched a little bit thin. Um, also planning to, to be honest, like outsource some of our, our jobs to a, a VA, like, like a virtual assistant um, and just kind of automate a lot of the processes related to Rise so that we can fo focus on uh, just great providing value, right? Like talking to as many people in a multitude of platforms as possible. Um, the next goal, I guess- the next Actually, let's yeah. not skim over that. That's something we would have never done, hire a VA because it costs money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're looking at about like, a, what were you saying? Like a grand a month or something? Probably like a grand Canadian a month, yeah. hire the VA. And we got to commit to hiring him or her yeah. one for, for, for every single month, 40 hours a week, right? Yeah. Something we would have never considered before, but that's some, that's a limiting belief we got over this year. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're doing it purely off of the assumption that, you know what, if we can offload some of these non-value add tasks, like setting up meetings, like setting up podcast times, um, like, you know, setting transaction up coordination, going, email coordination. Yeah. yeah. All, all that kind of stuff. If we can offload that, we can provide, we can focus on providing more value, which is ultimately where our time is best spent. And I'm sure a lot of people, like it, it's, it's as simple as like, I'll give you a very simple example. Like everyone spends time like going to get groceries, right? And that very easily is a one hour to one and a half hour task once a week, which, you know, on a monthly basis is what, what is it? Like six or seven hours, right? Instacart is there for free, right? And that's something that I've been focusing on outsourcing is just like these like small tasks to free up your time to provide, to work on like value add time. So for everyone that says, um, that, you know, you don't necessarily have time. I think like as part of your own year-end activities, you should be looking at the activities that you spend your time on and what you can outsource and what you should like continue to dedicate more time towards, right? Um, so that's, yeah, that's a big structure moving on next yeah. year is where we're definitely outsourcing as much shit as possible. Um, so not, I mean, we, we touched on the rise and in terms of rise podcast, we're going to continue to add as much value as possible, right? Um, but but aside from that, let's talk about our monetary real estate goals because the reality is we don't really make money off of Rise, right? Look at yeah. it. it takes time and it takes actually money out of our pocket. <laughs> so so in terms of a monetary goal, um, for myself, my or I guess for both of us really, our monetary goal for 2021 in terms of units is about 30 to 35 units baseline. Aggressively, we're trying to hit 40 plus. I think it's 100% feasible. Um, yeah, why don't we? Why don't you touch into it, Mayu? Yeah, like ultimately we we looked at the type of properties we acquired this year the type of partnerships we entered into with various individuals um, for any of you getting started like a great way that i always recommend to people is get into partnerships with individuals that you can learn from but myself and austin i think we're moving more towards capital jv uh, sorry passive jv partners so not necessarily teaching as much on the jv side because it does take a fair amount of time so really changing up what the jv structure looks like we are looking to move towards more private investors so um, that's kind of the world of private financing where we raise private capital rather than just going to JVs for everything. Um, and then, you know, we looked at the type of properties we acquired this year, right? So we acquired a lot of single families, duplexes, triplexes, 
uh, like one quadplex, um, condos, like things like that along the way, right? Um, and then we just looked at, you know what, if we want to get 30 to 40 units next year, do we want, like Austin made a joke in the middle of the session, he's like, yo, let's just get 40 single family houses. I was like, fuck, that's, that's going to be a freaking nightmare, right? So reality is like, we're okay anywhere. We will still, you know, pick up singles, duplexes, triplexes along the way. But reality is 40 units through eight fiveplexes is a lot easier than 40 single family houses, right? Um, so a good composition to make that up. Um, and then really the choice to go with private investors is, um, I think, you know, JVs, is, it's a great route for fast growth. But at some point, like you, it, it does become a lot to manage if you have multiple JV partners. So we're really focusing on, you know, sticking to our existing one, bringing in certain uh, very particular JV partners and growing like that. Yeah, so we want to keep our business lean. And if you take money from everyone, it's not going to be a lean business because now you're reporting to multiple bosses, multiple clients, nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just that we got into real estate to unlock our financial freedom. And yes, you can unlock your financial freedom with JV partners, but it's just thinking through it of what our lifestyle wants to be we want to report to ourselves ultimately so it's not we're not completely abandoning jv partners we're just we, we tightened up the criteria because there has been a few instances throughout the year where um we were a bit too flexible with with some terms with we overlook some things that maybe we shouldn't overlook there, there were red flags but now mayu and i are fortunately in the position where we are getting quite a bit of interest from JV partners and it's all about really vetting them through and seeing if it's the right fit before it wasn't necessarily the right fit. If we got a JV partner, we'd be more than happy to jump in, but now it's all about fit and long-term kind of building that long-term relationship. And, and lastly, I guess uh, I'll touch on the wholesaling side for my goals a little bit and you, you can touch on it on uh, your flipping side. Um, wholesaling for me, if you guys follow me for any amount of time, you know, I've been dedicating a lot of resources, both capital and time at the wholesaling and looking really to triple down on that business when I retire from my corporate job which is happening soon, I think you're like 10x, 10x in time, whatever, like some crazy shit. I'm going to do some crazy shit with wholesaling. Um, but a big thing with wholesaling is, is that um, it, on top of, on top of being able to kind of use your skill set to solve the problem of both a buyer and a seller. Um, it's also a, a quite lucrative business. And again, a big thing is you're reporting to yourself, right? At the end of the day with wholesaling, Brand does matter, but it doesn't matter as much. And we talked about it in Tyler's podcast. If someone was to bring me a crazy under market deal, uh, I don't care how they treat me. I would pick that deal up because I'm making money from it, right? I guess I guess with the wholesaling side, the goal ultimately to summarize it is to get over seven figures in revenue in the year 2021. I definitely do think it's 100% achievable. We're going to do that by doubling down on marketing. So flyers, uh, SEOs, um, our, our website, Kijiji ads, bird dogs, everything. We're going to do every avenue possible and like double down on it to really get that lead going. And at the same time, we're going to double down on our buyers list as well. And we also hired a VA for wholesaling. So a lot of exciting things down in the pipeline in regards to that business and definitely going to be a million dollar business. Mark yeah. my words. <laughs> okay. So my flipping goals are nowhere near as ambitious as Austin, <laughs> but um, this year, like I, I, you know, I had my first experience on a wholesale. Um, I had, you know, I did my first real flip, I, I'll call it that because I've sold probably before, but not really with the purpose of flipping. Um, but, you know, both of those experiences really like I opened my eyes and, and to me, it was just a really fun and enjoyable process, right? So uh, my goal on the flipping side is really just to um, make low six figures, let's just call it that, 
Um, somewhere in the, the low, mid, mid, low range. I don't really know what to call it. That's bullshit. You don't want to commit. What is it? <laughs> it you know what? For me, if I just make 200K on flips uh, next year, I'm going to be happy. Just I, 200K. <laughs> but I, I have no, no intention to leave my job just yet. And that's really where the goal comes, right? I, I, I had this conversation uh, with my family earlier in the year and I was just like, well, that's a mistake. You're not supposed to have it with your family because they're always going to say no. I was like, look, like at what number are you guys, like, would you guys actually support me leaving my job? And like my, my mom was like, not even for a million dollars a year. She's like, you make a million dollars a year. You still work your 100K job salary. And I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous, right? But my dad, like my wife, like everyone's a little bit more realistic. Um, so I've got a number that I'm working towards. So with real say with um, flipping and other streams of income. Like if I can hit that goal this year, like I'd confidently leave. So my goal is actually to hit the 200 before the end of Q3, but worst case within the next 12 months. Okay. And, and that pretty much concludes some of the big items on our year end review. There are so many other small things I'm extraordinarily fortunate about. I just want to, I'm just thinking my, maybe we can just rapid fire and, and spit a couple of them out. We don't have to go into detail, but like this year has been a phenomenal year for both of us. Yeah. Um, a big thing that I'm grateful for is of, cur- of course, my family and my girlfriend. All right. Yeah. All right. My girlfriend and my family, um, because they were there to support me every step along the way uh, in the journey. And when things did not look too bright during COVID, they were there to 100% get me through it. Because I knew that um, no matter what, like your family's always going to be there. And real estate is a very like a fickle and, and it, it's a business that has its, its ups and downs. It could get stressful, but they're really my guiding light throughout the journey. Um, the audience, you guys, that's, that's another big thing that I'm grateful for a huge win. We, we blew up this podcast. I can't believe we didn't mention this as a win, but this podcast started about three, three and a half months ago and our viewership, we we've had a thousand downloads plus per episode for, for a couple of them. And that's pretty phenomenal, man, for just, just starting this out of fun, just to help people. Um, it, it's neat to see people who are actually getting value out of this. And even just recently, someone came up to me and said, Hey, Austin, I listen to every episode of your podcast, someone who's supposed to be doing the blind. So the guy who's uh, doing my blinds, who listens to this podcast, <laughs> shout out to you. You know who you are. Um, this company a shout out. I, I will shortly. <laughs> I will shortly after the, no, no. After the work is done, <laughs> after the work is done, I will 100% give you a shout out on it. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd have to echo that. Like the same sentiment, family and my wife, like uh, well, my wife is part of my family, I guess. But um, this year, multiple times I have been over levered. Um, February, I was in arrears on my property taxes in one property that was cash flow negative. That was fucked up. My wife gave me the money for that one. And she didn't even give me shit for it. I was so over levered. It was fucked. Um, April, we closed, I think like five or six properties at the same time, like the three towns and the duplex and my condo. Um, I was over levered and and luckily my dad was able to help front some money because I couldn't show any debt. Um, So that was great. My wife has complete, like, for all of you that like don't know, I have zero design abilities and my wife is the one that absolutely designs every single thing that goes up on my social media. You, like some people can even tell on my stories when like it's like really nice and pretty and they're like, oh, your wife make this? And then like there's my stories that are just like a blurry picture and they're like, my, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so my wife is definitely taking up all of that. Uh, the podcast graphic stuff, she supports all of that. She uh, started off actually editing some of my podcast episodes for me as well. Um, so for sure, a big part of it is my wife uh, to this point. So uh, between my parents and my wife, I got I definitely owe a 
big chunk of this. I, I don't know if you listen to Chance the Rapper. He's a rapper. He made an entire album about loving his wife, Can't and no one, so no one liked it. You might as well make it. Why don't you just make another podcast about how much you love your wife, Mayu? Ain't nobody trying to hear that. <laughs> Next podcast episode: How much, how much Mayu loves uh, uh, Bobby. <laughs> don't kill me. That's his wife's name. Uh, anyways, okay, so. Yeah, I think I think that pretty much wraps things up. You know what? I, I, you so know what? No, no. Let me let me let me end it up. No, 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 no. Let me no. Okay, so let me give something that I want to talk about. My my condo. Okay. I got my first ever primary residence. I reaped the fruits yeah, of my yeah. labor. Sold my first property and bought a condo. That's it. I'm That's gonna leave it at that. Point. That's yeah. a deal, point. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> point being, uh, this year was definitely a grind. Next year, hopefully, we can take the entire community and we can all grind like twice as hard as we had this year. Um, I think, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, this pandemic, printing of money, I think we're, we're due for some inflation in the coming coming years. And I think real estate's a great asset to own during that time, which is part of the reason I'm so bullish on real estate. Uh, ignore whatever happens in a three-month cycle. That's not even a freaking cycle. Like, that's not how long it takes me to collect three months rent checks. It literally does not matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, just, uh, yeah, with that being said. It's going to be our last episode of the year. So thank you so much for tuning in. For everyone who has followed us along the journey, all our supporters, we really appreciate you very much. For all our haters, thank you so much because it gives us the motivation to keep on grinding. Shout out to the haters too. Um, love you guys a lot, guys, and, and hope you guys are here to tune in. Sorry, guys and girls. And I, I'm just, I just, it's a habit of me just to say, hey guys, hey guys, hey guys. But everyone out there, thank you so much for supporting us, uh, for being there along the journey. And we're really excited to embark in 2021 with all of you as well. We're going to make that a great year. So see you in the new year all. And we're going to continue to add as much value as possible. Before we wrap up, make sure to like it that like this podcast subscribe to it i don't know if you can subscribe but i'm going to say it anyways comment share with friends and families it's been a hell of a year see you all next year in 2021 invest smarter and live better